but never the big plans that they have made. But why tell the children? You see, we're all children, and we're treated as children. But it's too silly, you see, to understand the big picture, and we, we're too stupid to know what's for our own good. That's basically what they say amongst themselves at the top. It's fascinating to live through this life and watch it all go to pot. The society and culture is so warped and manipulated and distorted and perverted that there's no cohesion left there. Planned that way too by big planners and marketed to the public through the culture, the culture creation industry. I'll be back with more after this break. in their lifestyles and bring on a new type of tyranny 
because if your body isn't healthy your mind isn't either you know the communists had the young communist society and they were taught to rat on their parents and turn them in if they were not being politically correct Germany had the same thing under the Nazi regime into the Hitler Youth and these Hitler Youth had all these different chants the ones who joined their form of military cadets were told in the special units that they now belonged to Hitler they had no family they had no mother nor father and whenever you see these techniques being used you should be very 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 scared when children are being used against adults under any guise you should be very very afraid the same thing happened in China they used the same techniques remember China is a model state for the world and in China they, they use a, Pavlovi, a Pavlovian technique called social approval creation and social disapproval creation in other words they can make the mob through massive education or indoctrination turn on those people who would not go along with something and we saw this when they dragged people older people through the streets in the main cities during the cultural revolution these elderly people were, caught, were, were told and blamed for bringing on all their problems by being selfish and consuming too much and having old contaminated ideas of family and rights and maybe even property they dragged them through the streets because young people lack maturity and wisdom they see everything in black and white and because of that those who know how to use them to a scientific indoctrination a technique will have no problem turning them against the parents now what happens in Britain happens everywhere else in the western world and if you notice all laws are passed across the world now at the same time because we're under global governance as they like to call it and this article is from Mail Online from the 6th of September 2008 it says here school children recruited by councils to spy on neighbors who commit environmental crimes children are being offered money by town councils to spy on neighbors and report petty offenses such as bin crimes and dog fouling this is your garbage bins the youngsters are among 5,000 residents encouraged to photograph or video neighbors in the act of environmental crimes in some cases children as young as 8 are being bribed with rewards of 500 pounds that's $1,000 for passing on the names of neighbors or taking down their car registration numbers the Daily Telegraph found that one in six councils out of 240 contacted admitted to signing up the environmental volunteers they're called councils using the methods include Luton Southwark, Birmingham, Blenow, Gwent, Congleton, and Cheshire. A spokeswoman for Ealing Council, West London, told the paper there are hundreds of junior street watchers aged eight, eight years old to ten years old, who are trained, they're trained at eight and ten, 
to identify and report environmental crime issues such as graffiti and fly tipping, that's dumping your garbage. Harlow Council in Essex told them we can't have 25 street scene champions, this is what they're calling them, street scene champions who work with the council. They're all aged between 11 to 14. They're encouraged to report the aftermath of enviro crimes, environmental crimes, such as vandalism to bus shelters, graffiti, abandoned vehicles, fly tipping, etc. They do this via telephone or email direct to the council. Last week, Mail Online revealed that town hall snoopers armed with police powers are issuing wanted photographs of suspected litter bugs. Again, this is the creation of social approval and disapproval, where they put your photograph up. And that they put it in newspapers too, to shame you into compliance in your new community, your communitarian spirit. Litter wardens given police-style accreditation by the government are using cameras to snap alleged offenders. They are then shamed in local newspapers. Now you understand they start with litter, but it won't end there. This is the creation of social disapproval. And, you know, most of the people will go along with this and accept it and think, that's good, that's good, until it expands and expands, until you're terrified of children. Colchester Borough Council in Essex said it would make it easier to find offenders and make them pay a £75 fine. It also said the images would be stored to help identify repeat offenders. Four street care officers can stop members of public, demand personal information, take photographs and issue fines under the Community Safety Accreditation Scheme, details of which were revealed in the Daily Mail. Hundreds of town hall workers and security guards have been given sweeping powers, allowing them to hand out fines for a large number of offences, stop cars and seize alcohol from underage drinkers. Security guards can do that now, and town hall workers, that's civil servants. Privacy campaigners have accused ministers of moving towards a Stasi snooper state, a reference to the notorious former East German secret police. There are also concerns that the government is attempting policing on the cheap by allowing civilians to carry out jobs previously reserved for officers. They're not really, no, that's the, that's the red herring. They're militarizing society. This is the ordered society that's coming in. Simon Reid of the Police Federation said, this government seems intent on diluting the policing resilience in this country by handing out traditional policing powers to civilian staff. He should read the Sovietization techniques. Maybe he'll start to understand something. The Federation has concern about the presence of ill-equipped and poorly trained second layer of law enforcement. We don't have law-keeping anymore, it's enforcement. The Federation has concern about the presence of an ill-equipped body. Not only does it cause members of the public confusion over who has powers, but it undermines the special covenant between the police and the public, who rightly expect policing functions to be formed by trained, independent and accountable officers. Well, that's a bit of a joke anyway. However, a spokesman for the local government association defended council's use of information from members of the public, She told the Daily Telegraph, environmental volunteers are people who care passionately about their area and who want to protect it from vandals, 
graffitists and fly tippers. These residents are not snoopers. They will help councils cut crime and make places cleaner, greener. Oh, greener. Here we go with this religion again. And safer. So that is going to be, that's the, that's really the prototype for what's coming elsewhere. Expect all the British Commonwealth countries to follow suit immediately. And that's how bad it's getting. And, and Britain too, you know, they're also uh, encouraging youngsters, teenagers, to carry little carbon monoxide monitors and walk up to people who are smoking in the street or wherever they are and ask them to blow into this thing to get their C or their carbon monoxide reading and then advise them to quit. Thank you, child. I'll be back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, trying to give you another version of reality, the one that's outside the box, outside Plato's cave, the reality that's not too, not too happy to hear, I'm sure. It's not too happy to tell this kind of news either, but it has to be done because we're under full-scale attack, and this agenda is rampaging ahead, unimpeded. People are fighting out of, over all the wrong things and they don't see the big picture. They don't see what the plans are. And you can read about the plans in their own books. They publish them at the top and they're available if you want to spend the money and wade through hours and hours of boring bureaucratic bureaucraties language. But you'll find occasional gem here and there as they let the cat out of the bag. And that's what it takes to find out the truth. There's other books out there which can fascinate you forever, chasing rainbows and alligators that walk upright and UFOs and all the rest of it. But that's all it does. It amazes you and astounds you, and it's wrapped up with conspiracy and all the rest of it. But it does not give you the big picture. Because ultimately, you see, you have to see who's doing it. And as far as I see, and I've watched all my, all my life, I've seen men, generally men, in various countries signing agreements and signing agreements to make us deeper and deeper into this globalized structure where eugenics is on the go and genetic research is on the go, all to make a new type of human come along. We hear them openly declare, because they are eugenicists at the top, real people, real people telling us there's too many of us and we've got to just start cutting back the herd. So it's not too terribly exciting news. You don't go on space journeys with it, but this is the reality of it. We are the enemy to this elite, and we are under full-scale attack. We have been quietly for many, many years, as I say, with inoculations, the food, the water, and all the old ways, the ancient ways of attacking people because they used these techniques long ago. They're better at it today because they have better chemicals and poisons. But the hospitals are in an awful mess. Now, for those in the U.S. who are thinking about socialized medicine, it sounds wonderful. It's a great idea. Socialized medicine where everyone can 
can get hospital care and medical attention. But you see, that again, is, 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 is that, that would be so if this was a real world where the public really had an input into anything. Sounds wonderful, but believe you me, it's not. It's to be an authority. The health services in a socialized system turn into authorities. That's their function. And if you look at the United Nations Charter, they say that they'll give the minimal health care to every country. They mean every country. That's why they want every country socialized and socialized medicine. There's no doubt about it. The medical profession is the biggest rip-off profession on the planet. It, it makes billions off of people's misery. It's a place where greed can rampage ahead unimpeded. And they do so. When they have your life over a barrel, they'll gouge you for everything you got. And relatives chip in and have second mortgages and third mortgages to help little Tommy recover. It's a cutthroat business based purely on massive profit and blackmail. Blackmail, yeah, we can help you maybe if you have enough money. That's how, what life is reduced to. However, socialized medicine is a disaster. You can't get a general practitioner in Canada, most parts of Canada, unless you're in the main cities. And even then, a big waiting list. Why is that? Well, the government decides how many will be trained every year as doctors, you see. That's why. And they don't make mistakes at the top and say, gee, we just don't have enough doctors. These characters deal with statistics all the time. They deal with the statistics for 10 years ahead and how many immigrants they'll have by then and so on. They know what they're doing. They don't make mistakes. The reason they're pulling back health care is because they're going to give a minimal type of health care to everyone. It's a disaster. Absolute disaster. Because the real function of the healthcare industry in a socialized country is to control people, control them. It's to become an authority that will tell you, you must take injections, you must do this, you must do that. That's the purpose of it. Designed that way. I knew a guy in Canada who was the head of a, a bunch of, of hospitals in British Columbia. But he started off in his early days as an engineer in the air, with air conditioning and, and the heating systems for the hospitals. And he heard, well, working inside one of these big ducts one day, he heard the P&O, top guy in the hospital, get a call from Ottawa, the government, and tell, they were telling them they were going to create a crisis in health care. This was in the late 60s, early 70s. It was never designed to be there to help the people. It was designed eventually to be a control factor. Here's how good socialized medicine is. And this is from the cbc.com news. In Canada, man found dead after 34-hour wait in Winnipeg emergency room. That was September the 23rd, 2008. I'll read this when we come back from this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. 
I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix, talking about socialized medicine and how wonderful it is in Canada. At least that's our propaganda we get from the government. They say we have the most, the best healthcare system in the world. Over and over they say that, until you have to go and find a, a doctor, and then you're standing in a waiting room in some walk-in clinic. There are always very dingy places run down. I think that's to make you walk out again. They'd rather have you die in the street. But here's an article here. Man found dead after 34-hour waiting in a Winnipeg emergency room. The health officials in Manitoba have launched an investigation into the death of a man who waited 34 hours for treatment in a Winnipeg emergency room. The 45-year-old man was dropped off at the Health Sciences Centre in Winnipeg around 3 p.m. Friday. Health officials have confirmed He was found dead, still in the waiting area, just after midnight Sunday. It appears the man was never assessed by a triage nurse and was not registered as a patient seeking care, said Dr. Brock Wright, Chief Medical Officer for the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority. It's a really tragic situation. We're quite shocked that this could happen, Wright said. We'd never had a situation like this before, where a patient comes into the department seeking care and isn't triaged, isn't entered into our system. It does appear the man had some contact with other staff in the emergency room during his wait, Wright said, but the ER system depends on patients being processed by the triage desk, which determines whether a person needs to be seen immediately or can wait. Two triage nurses are always on duty in the hospital's emergency room, Wright said, and a reassessment nurse is also on duty from about 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. to check on the condition of people who have registered in the waiting room. He noted that emergency rooms are often filled with people not looking for medical care, for example, family members of patients or homeless people who come in looking for a place out of the cold. We get more and more homeless these days, you see, because the economy is shot. And it says here, there's lots of people in the emergency department at HSC at any given time who aren't only the patients waiting. How this person could be there for 34 hours and go sort of undetected I like how he says sort of undetected. He wasn't undetected at all. It's really surprising to us and is the focus of our investigation. A lot of investigations here and inquiries. We have lots of inquiries in Canada. Some of the inquiries in Canada take years. We're very good at it. Up until now, that reassessment nurse has not been responsible for keeping tabs on everybody who's in a department. The focus has been on the patients who are waiting to be seen and that may be something that we want to look at. So they're going to take four weeks before they'll give a, another issue to the, to the public. That goes through the public relations team where they'll, they'll put lovely roses on it and so on and probably blame the patient at the end of it for maybe it was a deaf mute, you know, something like that. That's probably how it will end up being uh, PR'd over to the public. It's quite amazing what's really going on. Now we'll go to the callers. And we've got Vic there. Got, uh, Vic is there. Hello, Vic. Are you are you still there? How you doing? I'm I'm surviving. I'm hanging on here. Yeah. Yeah, same here and worse, as you know. I know. A couple things. Um, first, uh, some of the details that you have in your books. Yeah. I was curious, and this would this would might help you sell. They're so interesting. Maybe at each show or just occasionally, just tell like one or two of them. For instance, things like. U E W E, yeah. That's a sheep. Yeah. So they did Y O U on purpose, so I can't even say hey you without calling you a sheep. That's right. 
Brooklyn, the dollar sign being <clears throat> the Mason Towers, Jacket and Boaz, that's the Twin Towers with the serpent on it. Uh-huh. Stuff like that is so interesting. Like, yeah. you know, if you just said a couple of those, it might help you sell more books. In fact, if people knew that there was that much in there, because that just scratched the surface. Yeah. There's so many of those things. Yeah, I should, and, and thanks for mentioning it, because people, I keep forgetting to plug the books. Yeah, and, I, mean, uh, I mean, that would be a way to do it. You know, like any show, like here's just one detail, and when people realize that there's that many details throughout the pages, you're just, your jaw is dropped. Yeah. You know. Um, That's a good idea. Also, <clears throat> I used to, I used to find comfort in your words as far as they're going to kill you anyway, so speak out now. Yep. Which would be fine if you just said, okay, I'm going to be a revolutionary, and then one day they pop you. Fine. But it's really not worth it when you lose everything you care about and still have to breathe. I really should have listened to you when you said, do not attempt to unplug your family. Yeah. Whoever really wrote The Matrix had it right on point. The very minds of the people you're trying to save are agents. And and until, unless they wake up. Yeah. That's right. Um, you know, recently I was, I was stuck in the street. I knocked on my previous residence to use the bathroom and get some water. My grandfather wouldn't even let me in the house. My yeah. grandmother stuck a roll of toilet paper on the porch and I laid in the driveway all night. So wow. after locking me up on fake charges and the neighbors calling the cops for that article I wrote, now Homeland Security is calling the house asking questions. They've stolen my computer, probably turned it into the government. Yeah. They won't tell me where it is. Now these are the same people who spent the last two years telling me everything I was studying is rubbish. Uh-huh. So if it's all nonsense, why are you hiding the computer? I know. Oh, yeah. You know, the, do- the double think is hilarious. That is amazing. I mean, they won't look at it. I've been saying I have no secrets. Read all my emails. It's like dealing with children. Yeah. You're scared of this monster under the bed. Yeah. You try to show them what's under the bed, and they run. Well, they do. They do. It's, it's so outside of their brainwashing and their conditioning. And here's the other part, too. When you admit to yourself that something's very wrong and you look into it, you're then, you, you have to start making decisions then. And people really don't like making decisions. Mm-hmm. They really don't like that. They've been trained that the big decisions are made for them. Uh, but in this case, when they realize what's been done to them, suddenly the onus is on them. They have to start making decisions. And that scares them. That really scares them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and I wonder if on a certain level they know. So certain people tell me that. Yeah. And when I describe it to them, the whole situation, like, oh, it's because they know you're right. Yeah. And when I talk to them, I'm like, no, they really don't. They really, they really, they, they think I'm a lunatic. They think I'm crazy. Or is it just for a couple of seconds that they think that? I don't even know. Uh, it, it scares them, as I say, the closer you get to a truth which they know, um, and, and it's stifled up inside them, that truth, uh, the angrier they'll become at you for stirring up that uncomfortable feeling and uh, and they will turn on you that's true yeah and now I'm saying it's really not worth it yeah. because that's what I did and they have turned and I've lost everything I can't even get any food when I'm starving yeah or go to the bathroom in my own house <laughs> so there is worse than death mm-hmm. take it from me shut your mouth save yourself yeah well I hope you can hang in there without hanging <laughs> doing my best yeah Okay. Well, thanks for calling. Thank you. Now we've got Gene Gee from Montreal. Are you there, Gene? Hello, Alan. Hello. How are you? Uh, c'est bon. Uh, très bien. Merci. And I, I, I salute you, Alan. Uh, 
I live in Montreal. I must go to Cuba to get uh, dental, to get my teeth fixed. Yes. I buy the ticket. Uh, 1,200 fly to uh, Montreal, I mean to uh, Cuba, to the Cuba there, and get my teeth fixed. They yes. say uh, medical plan in Canada, but no, this is not true. We, we uh, do not have the medical plan in Canada. I know, I know. So I, I salute it's you. It's worse too, yeah. I salute you, sir. Congratulations for, for you, uh, you say these things. You, the, someone must say these things. Can, very good. Thanks for calling. And, and I hope you come back with a good set of ivories. <laughs> and, and cigar. And a good cigar, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Au revoir. Au revoir. Now we've got uh, Joe from Vancouver. Are you there, Joe? Hello? Hello. Hi, Mr. Watt. Um, I've got a question regarding out in my area, there's a lot of 9 11 truth movements and, and um, different kind of people that are out, I guess you'd say. Not really protesting, but handing out CDs and such. Mm-hmm. And I've just—I mean, I went and I spoke to them, and and I, I, you know, I'm glad that they're out there getting the word out. But do you think that that does any good? The, the 9/11 movement, I think, um, it, it does good to an extent to, sh- to at least get through the, to the people that you're going under a totalitarian regime. The problem with it, and I think they have to go into this, is that it's not new. This program was already on the go before 9-11 came along. 9-11 kicked it off. Um, as I say, Alan Rock, Canada passed that omnibus crime bill in 1998. And this is the full homeland-type security bill. Uh, he passed it on, and then, of course, he left to work at the United Nations. Right. So Britain also... I was passing it at the same time as well. The ID cards, Wendy Mesley had a show in 1998 uh, about the IDs, cards that were coming with the active chips in them, with your fingerprint, iris scans, and so on. And she, interview- she, was inter- she interviewed the man who was in charge, the CEO of the corporation that was printing them, in 1998. And she said, what, what makes you think the public will accept this? And he said, they will be given no choice. So all of these plans were already in the works because we don't have democracy. We have shady governments at the top, above government, that are comprised of big think tanks, organizations, and foundations, and they all network together to bring this system in. So 9-11 tends to, to yeah, it, it can help people. But it gets stuck. It's stuck, yeah, yeah. It doesn't go beyond that, and I noticed that when I was standing with them for a while. That it, I mean, it's good that they're getting that out, but... Mm-hmm. Immediacy in our areas, like the, the <laughs> sustainable development that they're bringing in everywhere, and, yes. and to me, that's a much more urgent thing. I mean, 9/11 is done. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, it, yes, the truth should come out, and hopefully it will. But it's only going to come out to people who want to know. Yes, and here's the key too. Every book I've read, even to do with with, with the, the real reasons for wars, which they publish maybe 40, 50 years after the wars. Um, they will tell you it does not matter what lies are given at the time to kick off a war. Right. Um, once it's underway, uh, nothing will stop it. It, it steamrolls. You'll never have a government coming in and, and then dismissing what the previous government uh, put into law. It doesn't happen. And so, that, so it doesn't really matter. Now, 9-11 is over and done with. It was a must-be operation, but we must see what, what was leading up to it before 
and, and where we're going what from What they're bringing then. in. Yes, and, and they're right enough, the sustainable development is going to be the big stick to train the whole world to, to obey governmental organizations, uh, even NGOs. We will be obeying them eventually, and they will run our lives from birth to death under this guise of environmentalism. And these groups are groups. I mean, they all want you to join and, and sign yes. up and stuff, and I, I just said, no, I'll just, you know, <laughs> I'll stand here and talk to as many people as I can, but... Yes. I didn't see what the relevance of having to join up with them, and that makes you easy target. It, it does, and it doesn't go far enough, as I say. It's like the Kennedy assassination. Uh, they could still be trying to find out who did it, regardless of all the evidence, and it definitely was a, a big job that was pulled off. Uh, it will go on forever. The, the fact is it was done. That's all we have to know. Well, what do you suggest at a local level? Would it be even worth a time to, to speak to MLAs or to speak to, 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 to who? I mean, is there anybody even that would be worth taking the time to try and talk to? I've sent emails, I sent that Green Agenda um, yeah. website link to UBC, the big sustainable development uh, program they got running out from out here, yeah. but of course with no replies from anyone. So I, You won't. You see, they're all on board with this. Yeah. This is what they call United Front. Right. And I noticed even the Green Party of Canada uh -huh. came out with the same thing about the necessity of population reduction right. and so on. So they're all in on it. They're all on board on this. Yeah. So who would you suggest to, to poke my stick at then? We have to mobilize enough of the public to start saying, no, you will not rule our lives under this environmentalism agenda. Um, we cannot let that start to roll. Once it starts to roll, believe you me, if you think it's bad now, you'll be losing your homes faster than you can actually see them disappearing um, because they plan to privatize, to uh, basically uh, eliminate all private property down the road. Yeah. Um, they're going to bring in a brand new way of living, to, to even right down to who will be born and who will not be born is all under the environmentalist uh, agenda, this umbrella. We've got to understand this. Um, and it's all, again, connected with the United Nations that's already set up to be the world government. We've got to stop this because, believe you me, the, the United Nations is not a democratic institution. It's a private organization. It's a corporation. So can people basically um, burn CDs from your site on some of your talks and yes. hand them out? I mean, these guys were handing out tons of CDs, which I thought was fantastic, yeah. but all geared, of course, towards 9-11, which is wonderful if people will open their mind to that. But and, uh, and go further, yeah. And go further, but to me, sustainable development is happening, and it's happening now, and it's yes. not who did it, this or that. It's happening. Here it is. That's correct. So if maybe people could hear something to open their mind a little bit on the United Nations and their agenda. Mm -hmm. so agenda okay? 21. Uh, I'll, I'll do some programs on Agenda 21 and oh, burn, them, burn them off and just hand them out. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks for calling. Now we've got Adrian from Washington. Are you there, Adrian? Okay. Is Alex from California there? Hello, Alex? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Uh, yeah, Alan, I was wondering if you could talk about some of the knowledge that is bestowed upon a Mason once he, once he reaches the 40th degree. Once in the 40th degree, they start to get, they get into the, the, the agenda proper. Uh, and again, it's about things we have been talking about, the real 
the real building of the, the Brave New World Society, um, and they're part in it too by using education as a, as a premier one they use. They must always indoctrinate the up-and-coming youth for what they're going to live through so you prepare their minds when they're very young, um, that they're, they're brought into how the world really, really works with big uh, international corporations networking together. They're brought into the fact that... that um, Shares and investments are all scams because there's always private shares that are never sold to the public. That there's two levels of shareholders. You understand uh, what one is given up for public uh, um, grab, the other ones are not. Um, they're, they're let into all the local cons with two sets of books for every town and county and so on and village. Uh, they're let into all the scams that they have been running all along at that level. And, and only when they've been properly sussed out to ensure that they can keep the secrets. Yeah. So is, is that why they refer to it as the white knight of the East, because they learn how to, how to lead populations along a certain path? Yes. They, they, even at the lower levels, they do that. They do know, um, even at the 33rd degree, that, that their job is to lead the public. They're the good shepherds. We're the sheep. And they do not see. They're told that, they, that there's no problem. They're told they are elitist and they are special, and they're told that they live in a world where there are masons and then there are ordinary people. Uh, they really are elitist in, in their thinking, but they're allowed to, to live off of the sheep through any scam possible. That's quite acceptable. I'll be back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix, and we've got John from Texas on the line. Hey there, John. Hello, John. Okay. Um, well, I should really plug myself, as I say. Remember to go into my website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, and you can see how you can help me by either donating and I show you how to do it, how what I accept. In personal checks in the U.S. are quite acceptable in Canada. And you can also buy the books I have for sale. That takes you through a, from ancient history to the present and religions and also with the side organizations that go along with every religion because there's always the occult side to it as well. And I give you not guesswork. I, I give you facts, facts that are in ancient books. And uh, download, as I say, as many talks as you want from the previous shows I've given because there's a wealth of information there that can really give you the shortcuts and, and help you on your way. You can't get stuck, it is true, on one particular topic, one part of this agenda because it's multifaceted, it's huge. It's, it, they have organizations that affect every part of your life, every part of your life. They're even talking about bringing everyone in for psychological evaluation, where they can label you with, just like they did in Orwell's 84, as being a potential, a potential terrorist, and all of that kind of stuff. The brave new worlds where experts and scientists will rule on behalf of their elite masters, those that pay them. There are better 
writers, you know, those people who can think much more lucidly than, than we do and who have no problems being psychopathic, in other words, unemotional, will be guiding us along this spaceship Earth into some brave new, brave new world where no man has gone before. And I should say that because, believe you me, they are going to bring out new types of humans and even part animals as well. That's why the science fiction writers had all this information back in the 40s and 50s. H.G. not H.G. Wells, but Aldo Huxley wrote Brave New World in the 1930s, 1933. With all the genetic changes that would happen, the breeding of purpose-built humans, he didn't dream that up. He had access to top think tanks where they already were working with advanced sciences. Sciences that are never published in the local science magazine. We, we are always kept a different level of reality on everything, but especially on the sciences. Uh, okay, is there Bill in Nova Scotia there? Hello, Alan. How are you this evening? I'm hanging in here, yes. Good, good. I uh, called a radio show the other day. There was a bunch of candidates for uh, elections coming up, and I tried to uh, plug the chemtrail issue and see if any of them would actually respond and acknowledge that chemtrail even exists. Uh-huh. And um, they danced right around the issue. Yes, they, they will. <laughs> Especially even the Green Party representative uh, said so she'd never even heard of it. Oh, yeah, they, they've heard of it. All right. They've all been told not to mention any of this to the public. And even mayors and cities have been told the same thing. You don't talk about chemtrails to the public. You simply deny it. The cops are told to walk away from you if you bring it up. Really? <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, Alan. Thanks for calling. Well, from Hamish, who is my pooch, and myself, up in Interior Canada, it's good night, and may your God or your gods.